If you love classics like we do, then you're going to love what our friends over at Best Classics Ever are giving away this month. Through December 30th, they're giving away Amazon Fire streaming sticks, free 30-day, 60-day, and annual subscriptions. Plus, one grand prize winner is going to get a lifetime subscription. You can enter to win on the Best Classics Ever Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages, or you can enter at bestclassicsever.com. And if you go there, be sure to check out episodes of our show, The Matinee, streaming free in their Hollywood Canteen section. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Uh, that's a raccoon, yo. What, what are you doing? <laughs> Feeding the raccoon. It's a trash panda. <laughs> <laughs> when the three burglars thing happens. Oh, so- <laughs> they're all singing the same line. Yes. <laughs> no, notice, Jeb, that when they put their hats on, I'm not going to be able to see facial expressions. So that's on you, man. That's on you. Okay. <laughs> Camera rolling. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Can I get an interview about uh, Betsy's wedding? No. Anything but that. Anything get lost. That? Anything but that. Get my hat. Hey, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 100 episodes for your listening pleasure. This is uh, Christmas week, right? This is Christmas week. Are we at Christmas? Yeah, this is our Christmas episode. It is. Merry Christmas, everyone, to those who celebrate. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate Hanukkah. What else we got? What are we missing? Happy Festivus for the rest uh, of us. Oh, boy. Happy Kwanzaa <laughs> as well. That's another one. Uh, let's see. What? I'm, thinking, I'm missing one. Ramadan's in August, isn't it? No, is I think that, Ramadan's this, around here. Is it around that time? I don't know. We're terrible. Womp, womp. Apologies. But ha- merry, happy holidays to everyone that's uh, celebrating with friends and family. What's up? Nothing. I'll take a number two with a uh, large fry, a cheeseburger, and a Coke. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Nice. Well Boom. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What? Now we just love, we have to pay royalties. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today? Uh, we are doing 2016's The Founder, starring Michael Keaton. The true story of how Ray Kroc, a struggling salesman from Illinois, met Mac and Dick McDonald, who were running a burger operation in 1950s Southern California. Kroc was impressed by the brother's speedy system of making the food and saw franchise potential. Kroc soon maneuvers himself into a position to be able to pull the company from the brothers and create a multi-billion dollar empire. This is sorry, sorry, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Okay. The founders rated PG. No, 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 no. I got, I got, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the, yeah, we're doing the founder. Woo! Runtime 115 minutes. Rated PG 13. 15 minutes. 115 minutes. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. You always do the minutes. I always look at hours and minutes. Well, I'm doing minutes. Oh, I know. That, that's that's an hour and 55 minutes for everyone out there. I got right? you. All right. Rated PG 13, <laughs> production budget of $25 million. So it has two release dates, has a limited release date and a wide release date. Now, the limited release date is technically just it was released at the Arc Lake Theater in Los Angeles. So it could get Oscar consideration. So that is December 7th, 2016. But we're not going to use that date because it was like one theater in one location. Who cares? Right. Its wide release date was Friday, January 20th, 2017, and an opening weekend of $3.4 million. Domestic did 12.7, worldwide 24 million. So barely broke even. But that should not uh that should not dissuade you from seeing this film. Production company was Film Nation Entertainment, The Combine, and Fallero House Productions SA, whatever that is, distributed by the Weinstein Company. Yes, I know, boo. Um <laughs> this came out on the 20th of January. It came up against Triple X, the return of Xander Cage. Triple X2. The best part of Triple X2, the return of Xander Cage, was Ice Cube returning. Uh yeah, that movie's terrible. It's really bad. Split 
which I like. And yep. I like that it's in the Unbreakable universe. And I still like Mr. Glass, even though, or Glass, even though it's not as strong. I, w- I, I like it. It's not as strong. I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here putting it on our list, <laughs> but I just like seeing the characters again. I like, yes. Okay. I, we, yeah. I know we have an actively, we have an active, what's, we, what's dislike, for, dislike modern for, for, for modern Bruce Willis. Yes. Modern Bruce Willis is just really unlikable. I'm sorry, but he just is. I'm sorry. I mean, it's great. You're rich and super powerful and you can do whatever you want. Fine. But your movies stink. <laughs> uh, also, you had the resurrection of Gavin Stone. Do you remember the? Tr- remember, I remember the poster for this movie. Do you remember the trailer, the resurrection of? Remember, he's like an actor, and he he. Uh, it's a it's a faith based film. He's an actor, and he gets in trouble, so he goes to do the play. Yeah, with, yeah it, I remember with DB Sweeney's like the priest or whatever. Oh man, it's terrible. Another one. Was Bruce Willis on that? All right. So <laughs> you also had on the 27th of January, which is the week after you had Resident Evil, the final chapter. You're going to have to tell me which one that is because I don't. Is that when they're in Vegas? Uh, I think there's. Yeah, it's the desert one because that's also the one where the stunt woman lost her uh, arm or whatever. No, that's ter- it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, bringing this why, why are you bringing this? Because uh, that's how I remember down. that that's the last one. All right. You also had a dog's <laughs> purpose and the movie Gold. And then the week before, which was the 13th, you had Monster Trucks. Which is the truck is the actual monster, um, right? That was the kids' movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Did the, Dexter like that movie? We did not watch that movie. <gasps> uh, was, yeah, he was he was five when he just came out. He was not doing. Well, it's time to find monster trucks. <laughs> you had the Bye Bye Man, Sleepless, Patriot's Day, which I really like, and we should put on our list. Silence and Live by Night. You ever see Patriot's Day? I've not seen Patriot's Day. You it's always about talk the, about Patriot's it's about the Boston Day. bombing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it's, really depressing. It's, it's not. No, it's not. It's good. It's really good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, obviously, what happened. But anyways, this movie was directed by John Lee Hancock. He did The Rookie, The Blind Side, and The Little Things more recently. What's The Little Things about? Little Things with Denzel Washington. And uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep. Written by Robert Siegel, who did Turbo, Cruise, and The Wrestler. Cinematography by John Schwartzman, who was nominated for an Oscar for Seabiscuit. He also did Airheads, the uh, Adam Sandler film, and Jurassic World. I think he's doing Jurassic World Dominion too. Composer was Carter Burwell. He did. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for his, uh, his composing Carol and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's a very good film. Agreed. He also did In Bruges and Adaptation. Edited by Robert Frazen, who's done The Company Men, The Highwaymen, and Smoke and Aces. And then produced by Don Hanfeld, Jeremy Renner, and Aaron Ryder. Hanfeld has done Aztec Warrior, Kill the Messenger, and the TV show Nightfall. He's, I think he's a partner with Renner. Uh, I'm talking about the actor Renner, uh, who's produced. The, all right, you don't have to moan and grumble. I said, "Wow, oh, okay. I didn't know he was a. I didn't know he just produced stuff." Uh, well, he's he doesn't have a long list of credits. He's produced the Throwaways, and he's producing his TV show, The Mary Kingston, which is on that where, Max. What is that? HBO Max? Is it HBO Max? I don't no, know. it's Hulu or FX, Paramount Plus, maybe. Something I always see ads for on one of the streaming networks. Something like that, yeah. And then Aaron Ryder, who did Memento, Greyhound, and The Prestige, to name a few. You had Michael Keaton, as Butler said, who plays Ray Kroc. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for Birdman. He's also in the movie Spotlight, which is an awesome film. And he is in the upcoming TV show Dope Sick, which is the limited series on Hulu, which I want to see. But it's not uh, upcoming when we're talking about it. That's true. It's already out. It's already. Out. <laughs> I also want to see. He also is in a movie where he plays the litigator for the 9/11 families. Uh, yes, I can't remember the name of that movie, but I want to see that too. That's also streaming. I think that's straight to streaming or something. Is it straight like that. to streaming? Yeah, I think so. Nick Offerman as Dick McDonald's. He's in the TV show Parks and Rec. Uh, he's in We're the Millers. And he's also in the upcoming TV show A League of Their Own, which I did not know they were remaking. John Carroll Lynch as Mac McDonald. He's from Fargo, Crazy Stupid Love, and Shutter Island. Linda Cardinelli as Joan Smith, who ends up becoming Ray Kroc's wife at the end. He, she's in ER. Scooby Doo in Brokeback Mountain. BJ Novak as Harry Sonnenborn. He's in TV show The Office. He plays Ryan the Temp. In Glorious Bastards and Saving Mr. Banks. I believe Hancock directed Saving Mr. Banks as well, which is yes, probably the did. connection there. We had Laura Dern as Ethel Kroc. She won an Oscar for her role in Marriage Story. She was nominated for an Oscar for Wild and Rambling Rose. And she's also in a show that episode, excuse me, that we did for Blue Velvet. She's also at Dr. Ellie Sandler. Correct. You don't have to keep giving me the Jurassic Park. No. I'm going to keep it. giving you, you the Jurassic Park. Justin Randall Brooke as Fred Turner. He was in the TV show Halt and Catch Fire and the movie The Birth of the Nation. Not the old one, the new one. Kate Nealand <laughs> as June Martino. She's in Standing Up and Hidden Figures. And then Patrick Wilson as Raleigh Smith. He's in the Conjuring trilogy, Watchmen and Hard Candy. I don't know why Patrick Wilson's in this film. Oh, you know what? Because I think he's with he's friends with Hancock. Also, he's in a movie we did. The Limo Driver. Oh, uh, Stretch. Stretch, yeah. He was Wilson's also in the Alamo, which I believe Hancock directed as well. Uh, so there's probably that connection there. Okay. All right. Spoiler, Butler. I love this film. 
Spoil. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. You pick a film that you love. It's an awesome film. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you never saw it, right? I didn't because we, for some reason, only had this. We didn't have a theater long. for like a this week. This is one of the movies that I, before we get what you feel about it, this is one of the films that I watched this movie and I'm just like, this movie is really, really good. Why is this movie not? Why was like it just it came and went? Yeah, and, and it's it was January. just completely it's a dumb month. So it's I don't completely know dismissed. I don't understand. I don't understand how this movie just like nobody sees it, and everybody I tell that sees this film, like when I posted it, that hey, I'm now watching the founder. Yeah, I got multiple messages like great film, underrated film, underrated film. It's like where? Why was this film not? Like heralded, you know, when it came out. I don't know why. Maybe it's some kind of conspiracy theory between McDonald's. Exactly. And stuff McDonald's like that. has too much power. They're right. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, What's going on here? Well, real quick, what'd you think of the film? I thought it was great. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I do think Michael Keaton just plays Michael Keaton playing Ray Kroc. Although he said, they say he studied Kroc in various. Well, here's the thing. They show some Kroc footage at the end and I'm watching it going, that is not yeah, what my, really, not I mean, Keaton. it is Michael. You could tell it's Michael Keaton just in his mannerisms, but he does. Ha he His voice is a little gravelly and stuff like that. He is doing something there, mm. but you can definitely tell like it's Michael Keaton. Obviously, he's got some Beetlejuice moments. That's fine. That's <laughs> him. I, I love it. It's it, it makes I would rather watch Michael Keaton be Ray Kroc than Ray Kroc be Ray Kroc. Right. Ray Kroc just seems like a stodgy old, you know. Southern salesman. Yeah. Michael Keaton's far more watchable than that. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I, I loved it. I loved the main thing that I loved about this film is the pace. Um, I think my very first, is it my very first note? I don't know. I didn't do your notes. No, it is my second <laughs> note. My first note is that uh, you always get fucked at the drive-thru. Uh, the, the quote from Lethal Weapon, because that's oh, right. what happens at the beginning. Yeah. But it, my second note is this movie moves so fast. It's hard to write notes. I really only have eight viewing notes. Yeah, I don't have a lot. Of I don't have either. like, it just keeps moving. Mm -hmm. And for a movie that's like a historical biography or just like a history of something, that's almost never the case. Yeah. They're usually, even if they're really well done, they're usually really slow. This movie moves at like a breakneck pace. Mm -hmm. It is so watchable. It is so quick. It's, it's really, really good. It's fun. I just really enjoyed the way I, that movie moved. Even if this movie had 15, 20 extra minutes into it, I think you would still be, you would still feel that way because this movie is about you're following the journey of one man's vision uh, to what McDonald's becomes. Yeah. Um, so it's very focused. Right. Right. It's almost like um, one of the big criticisms of House of Cards, aside from the, the, you know, the obvious one where at the end of the season with Kevin Spacey and his personal problems uh, is the fact that, um, the first two seasons of House of Cards are about him getting to the presidency. And then he get, and so you're like, yeah, let's go. Like you're all into it. He's an antihero, obviously. And then he gets it. And the third season, it's just like, uh, now what? Like you're, cause you don't know, cause there's nothing to, there's no hill for him to climb. Right. So when you look at the founder, that his hill to climb is, to, is what his vision is of McDonald's. Right. Um, this movie is, it's funny because one of the things, and I've, uh, when I watched this movie before and I've told people about it, it's like, like I'm rooting for Ray Kroc immensely in this film, but second rewatch, you know, obviously he's what he's, what's happening between him, between him and Dick McD and Mac McDonald. It's like you feel for the McDonald's, uh, the brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. But as equally as I feel for the McDonald's and, and the brothers in terms of like what they did, what their, the speedy system that they created, you know, I still root equally for Ray Kroc because my note is that the Dick and Mac McDonald are brilliant in terms of how they devised the speedy system and, and what they came up with. They, they basically almost created fast food. Right. Um, because you know, you could get a burger, you get a wait half hour. That was the whole thing. Like it's always wrong. They, they, they basically made it so like you want something, boom, let's go. You got it. Mm -hmm. But Ray Kroc is a visionary because he saw what the potential of that was. Right. And it, it's just, because he says it in the movie and he says it a couple of times. Like when you say McDonald's, it's, it's just like America, you know, like, you know, it's, 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 it's synonymous. Name, yeah. It's the name. It could be anything. It could be anything for anybody. And it's, and it is now look at it now. It's a huge symbol of, of capitalism and commerce yeah. in America and, I, and, the, and the, the American dream. I love that, that scene where he goes church steeple, American flag, yes. city hall, church steeple, America. But what if it was 
golden arches. Like he has that vision. Right. Uh, it's absolutely impossible not to root for him until you kind of see like a turn in his behavior. And well, even where, then where you still kind of understand it, but where is that turn for you? I think that turn is at the end when he's going to lose his house. He's not making money and the brothers still won't budge. And it's kind of also as much as you kind of hate him for it. I was telling, um, cause my fiance actually, at least actually watched most of this movie with me. I got to poke her awake a bunch of times. Come on, but, Elise. Uh, I, I told her, I was like, as much as I don't, as much as he's kind of a villain right now, it's hard not to agree with him because the brothers kind of force him into the position of he's got to make some changes and they won't budge. But I yeah. think it's at that point where he's about to lose his house. All he wants to do is change the milkshakes to the powder to save hundreds of dollars, which back then is a ton of money on that refrigeration fees. Yeah. Like I kind of like, I understand if all your places are losing money, you've got so many locations mm -hmm. and you're still breaking even mm -hmm. you're about to lose your house. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, you gotta, you gotta make some concessions at some point. Well, I, I see, I don't, I don't, the, when he, when he mortgages his house, I view that just as, you know, you're taking it, you're, you're betting on yourself. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so I don't, I think, I meant like that when he's about to lose it and he changes and he gets, does the milkshakes anyway. Right. Well, when he talks about in the movie, he talks about how it's not dog eat dog, it's rat eat rat. And you have to, you, you know, and he has that conversation with Mac and he tells him, it's like, you know, you, you know, you look at your competitor and he is drowning. I got to go over there and shove a hose in his mouth. So it's hose down the throat. And he tells him, can you do that? Can you say the same? And Mac says, no, I can't. And that's right, right there where it's, Almost like Ray Kroc telling him that is almost where it's like a self-actualization, a self-realization of Kroc where he's like, he know this is who he is and he knows where he knows where he wants to go and he knows right. how he needs to get there. And unfortunately he needs to, he needs, he needs to, get to get rid of the McDonald's brothers. Yeah. And to be fair, to be honest, and they, and they do it in the movie. Like the whole thing that turns it around is when Sonnenborn tells him you're not in the food business. You're not in the burger business. You're in the land business. Right. And he just start and that, and that's like the Sonnenborn model. They talk about it in McDonald's to this day, even though he's not part of the company anymore about how, you know, they are the, one of the largest landowners in the world, in the United States. Right. I only actually just found out about that a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I read that fact and I was like, wow, yeah. it's the world actually. Yeah, exactly. Large, second largest landowner in the world or something like that. Yeah. Because they buy the land. You want to lease it? You got to lease it from us. Yep. So there's already a revenue stream going to them, regardless of what you do and what, where you stuff, all the deals that they make for your franchise. Yep. So it's like, it's, and, and if you don't do what you're supposed to say, we're going to pull the lease. And it's just like, holy crap. It's like, that's amazing. And that's what basically gets Croc the money he needs to tell the McDonald's, see you later. Yep. You know, and he, and he tells him, like, I want them gone. You know, like just, you know, to break mean? the contract. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, Ray Croc gives them like, you look at it and it's like, he gives them all the chances in the world. He, he, years he gets told no and no and no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when he finally tells uh, Mac, you know, I'm sick of being told no. Yes. You kind of, as, a, as the audience go, yeah. Cause that's all, yeah. All you hear. I mean, we have the, we have the luxury and the know what McDonald's has become. Right. But you know, he's, you know, he's got a, he, Croc was the one that put the arches together. Like, so they, the arches were always separate in all the buildings and in, in terms right. of McDonald's, uh, Dick McDonald's original design, but Ray Croc was the one that had them put them together to form the M and that was his design. And it's just, you know, he, you know, I love that you never see it until the real estate logo. Goes yes. Up. And that's yeah. the first time you see the M's fine. And I'm like, Oh, there they are. <laughs> I mean, like it is a dick move when he, they take, he, he gives them their, their burger stand back. Oh, and, and he, they got to remove, but they got to remove the name. And the next time you see him, like new location, the San Bernardino, California area. And it's just like right across the street. Yeah. So I was like, come on, man. But honestly, come on. You got to step on the throat at that point. Like I, <laughs> like I, I, I get, again, I, maybe I'm just a bad guy, but I admire the heck out of what Ray Kroc did. I just, I do. I admire it because the, you know, like the whole, I mean, just the vision he had to what he wanted to become. And this is like, he's 52 years old when he's doing this. This is when he starts this. Right. Which is another amazing thing that, you know, it's so late in life and that he was, he was struggling salesman. I like the fact that I love when he, he tries to get the franchise to the, the guys that have the money, the, the money and like, you know, the guy, yeah, the and guys, they, yeah. they keep screwing up because they're selling chickens and biscuits and, oh, and, he's, yeah, and what, 
what's this? What's this? They and he puts less. the lettuce. Yeah. lettuce. Yeah. And he knows that he needs people like him. He needs other salesmen. So when he meets the Bible salesman who happens to be Jewish, he's like, how, why, how does that work? And he's yeah. just like, I got to make money. And he's John's just like, and it's like right there, he knows that this guy's going to hustle for it. Yep. This guy's, this is like the ultimate, like you talk about it now with Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk and all these people talking about hustling and all that stuff, even though he's talking about being nice now and being nice to people. But he was, everyone's all about side hustles and all about getting at it, going at it. Ray Kroc's the originator of that. That's why he Almost. goes to the VFW and he goes, yes. gets the, the army vets who he's need get, jobs. He's getting people that know that will roll up their sleeves and be there and, and, you know, put their, their, their soul into it, but put their heart into it to care about what's going on. The there. husband wife team. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yes. Tom Hanks turned down the role. Would you have liked Tom Hanks in this or Michael Keaton? Could I, you see Tom Hanks in this? Michael Keaton. No, I okay. couldn't see Tom Hanks in it. All right. Tom Hanks is the, the America's nice guy. <laughs> and I really can't see him being a really, I mean, he's great. And I'm sure I would have watched him and been like, oh, Tom Hanks is so good. But he's in this but, robot movie coming out. Are you going to watch it on that eight Apple? No, it's all about him trying to That's weird. make a life for his dog with a robot. That's weird, the right? Dog, I, I'm not watching a movie with a dog. No more. <laughs> Especially with Tom Hanks in it. I know, <laughs> I know what happens when dogs team up with Tom Hanks. <laughs> Uh, but I think Michael Keaton was perfect for this role. I think it's it's great. I, I love Keaton. I don't think he does enough. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Where's the nomination for my guy? Yeah. Where's the nomination? I'm going to give you the nominees for that, that year. All right. So it's the 2016. The movie came out in 2016. So it's the 2017 Oscars. It's the uh, 89th Academy Awards ceremony. Here are the nominees. Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Who won? Okay. Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Denzel Washington for Fences and Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. In all fairness, Andrew Garfield, I think Michael Keaton should have got nominated for The Founder. Yeah. I mean, that movie doesn't work unless Keaton mag is magnetic in it. Right. And I know that Hacksaw Ridge is such a, it's a war film. It's about a, uh, a guy who, you know, doesn't want to fight. Right. Yeah. He, does, he, he doesn't want to pick up a gun. I, I, I get it, but. It, I get it. It's a popularity contest, but you know, you got to tell me you couldn't get Keaton a nod for that. I mean, why? Because he already had not nominated for Birdman. He can't get another. He nomination. got snubbed for Birdman, man. He got nominated. He didn't, get, he didn't win. Yeah, he should have won. Well, whatever. Man took out my man took out his his acceptance speech. He was so sure he was going to win. I put it back in his pocket. <sighs> he should have got nominated for this movie. This, this is a movie that you you're like it, it's I, called the founder because it relies on him 100. percent Well, you know what's funny is like if this movie, this is the type of film that maybe in the 90s. This is a movie that would automatically get him a nomination. You know what I mean? Like oh, just the way yeah. movies are viewed now and stuff like that. All right. So I talked now. I talked to you about Tom Hanks. I like Johnny. I like Johnny Haircock. I like his directing style. He's very quick. He's very efficient. Right. He doesn't shoot. This movie didn't shoot. Uh, they only did eight to ten hour days because he's just super prepared. He doesn't overshoot, which I love. So you know he he's a he's a professional, which is fantastic. Right. But the Coen brothers were going to direct this film and they couldn't do it because uh, there was scheduling conflicts with Hale Caesar and they, they wanted to direct this film after they read the script. Now, all fairness to John Hancock, John Lee Hancock, I would have liked to have seen a Coen brothers founder. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know I like them a lot, but I mean, I think the Coen brothers movie would meander. Oh, come I don't on. think come. it would. You're acting like they don't know how to do pace. No, I don't. This movie would be three hours if they did it. This but, movie moves. This movie is quick. This movie is great. This movie, what the, the breakneck pace is what I love about this movie. And I also love the way this movie looks. I, I don't know if the Coen brothers would go for as colorful as of a film. Are you serious? Have you watched the Coen brothers films? Yes. Mm, I disagree with you. So I, 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 I think it would have been a good film, but I don't think I would have liked it as much as I like this. I think this is the perfect combination. With uh, John Lee Hancock and Michael Keaton. Uh, listen, I'm not like I said. I, I I like the movie quite a bit, but I I would have I would have been okay with the Coen Brothers directing this film. That's all I'm saying. But that, that's not okay that's, the Coen Brothers filming a poop. Okay, but it would be really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Hancock turned down the directing gig twice, and then he read a script, and then he changed his mind. So the script must have been really fantastic. It's got a lot of great moments. The script's got a lot of great moments in it. Got a lot of great dialogue. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess while we're talking about 
the production of the film. I got a couple other notes uh, in terms of just, you know, how things were done. So that McDonald's restaurant that they, you see all the time when the different locations, when they keep opening them up. Right. That's actually one spot. They, 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 and they actually built it in, in a parking lot. And they just redressed and it. And they, they had that, they had the, they had it in one spot and then they would just redress the, the front and the back and stuff like that. They would just create like a different look to it. So it's almost, it's the same restaurant and it's actually up to code. They actually built it. From specs up to code, so it was and it was a working restaurant, and the and the walls could move so they can go in and out of it in terms of just shooting, you know, whatever. Which I thought was great. The scene when Ray Kroc calls when the when Dick calls Ray to talk to and have that big fight. He's just like, you know, I see you well, about the packets of milk oh, milkshake, yeah. And he's like, yeah, um, you know, I got a call from my friend in San Antonio who said that he received the packets of powdered milkshake, and he's yeah. So that that whole. No, I'm sorry. That's not the scene. The scene is when he's on the phone with them. Is that when the scene was on the phone? Yeah. No, I take it back. No, they're in the back office. Yes. So the, the McDonald's are in their office, but in the back of their restaurant and he, they have the huge fight on the phone. He's like, and he tells them, no, I don't, I don't care. I'm better. He basically says, you know, come sue me, whatever. I'm breaking the contract. Right. So their restaurant, the back office of their restaurant was, a, I was on a set and adjacent to that set was Ray Kroc's office. So they're on this, they're back to back. They're in the same, they're in the same set, two different locations. They rigged the phones to have speakers so that um, you could hear the dialogue on each side. So they did that scene back. They were back to back. They filmed both sides at the same time and they did the phone conversation as they shot the scene so that oh, they could have their reactions be automatic. It's, I like that. It's it, that's it's like a play, It's all, but it's great. It's yeah. great. That's great for the actors. That's great just for the logistics of it. It's great to just be a part of that in terms of like putting that together. I think that's fantastic, but it, it, it's so that they could react to each other's voice and each other's dialogue in the moment. And you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I thought, th I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. Um, and, and that's a great scene too. That's a really good scene when he's just like, nah. Yep. <laughs> well, looking up Ray Kroc stuff, I think it's weird that they, they skip a wife and they ignore that he has a daughter. daughter yeah. Well, I mean, again, you're, you're going to, you're going to get that with um, biopics. You're not going to, you have to just kind of, you have to streamline the story. Right. Which I get one that. of the things I kind of appreciated is that they just kind of like, this is the movie's not about that. It's about his obsession with getting McDonald's off the ground. Yeah. He, he needs he, a daughter at that point. And the daughter's older at that point as well. He has a vision and he wants to make it happen. And, and you know, his whole relationship with his wife, Ethel, is like, she's, I feel bad for her because she wants a husband that is there. She, well, she wants, it's almost like she married Ray. Ray thinking that she was getting a certain type of husband and not realizing he was a traveling salesman or, or what have you, or, and she kept waiting for him to change and he was never going to change. And she was just, she's supportive, but she's not, uh, it's not that you're, it, she's the, not hungry. The, she doesn't well, have that same drive. She doesn't. She just wants to go to the club uh, for dinner every night. Yeah. And just kind of like, you know, be rich and enjoy it and not, and I get that. And like, that's, that's what she wants. She wants different things. And, and, you know, he dumps, he divorces her and, you know, and he's just like, they're eating dinner and he's just like, I want a divorce. And he yep. just keeps eating. I'm just like, all right. Do you want the pepper? I want a divorce. Yeah. And I know in real life, like he, he talked with her family first before like saying that he's going to, I, whatever it was, I well, guess. And then he has the divorce. He's like, she gets a house in the car. She doesn't get one yeah. single stock of, of McDonald's. McDonald's because she wasn't supportive of it. So he wasn't going to honor that. Well, it's weird because she is supportive at the end. She's like, I found this couple. And he's she, like, oh, you're right. Forget that. You're right. You're right. I think but she's always one step behind when she finally gets it and she tries to be supportive. He's moving on to a new thing. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. And I think they do do. I think they do a good job of not hiding um, just the effect of Ray Kroc's meteoric rise in terms of just what he's doing, because he, what he's doing to the McDonald's isn't great. You know, the, um, the McDonald brothers, it, it isn't right. great, but it's business, you know, and it's probably, there's probably, it's probably more of a condemnation of Ray Kroc, which is not a, I'm not saying that in a bad way of what he did to Ethel, you know, not, you know, having her being involved with McDonald's moving on in terms of what he was doing. I, I get that, you know, the, the wanting of another man's wife, I know when he meets uh, Joan. Yeah. Which he had another wife before Joan. Yeah, I know. There's they skip uh, the, obviously they skip a middle wife. And like, that's the thing. Like they never really 
they never really go through, they never really go to that. You, know, you get the conversation on the phone when she's telling them about the Minneapolis, uh, the, uh, ballparks that are opening up in Minnesota and you know, you get the idea that like, like that's kind of, you know, they, they give you like these loving looks between each other, but like she recognizes that he is somebody who is somebody who's very, you know, has extreme ambition. And she, I think that's what attracts her to him. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, And so, but then you get the idea that, you know, obviously they're not a fair, but their flirtation begins and keeps going in terms of that phone call he has. And he's just like, you really go for, you know, she talks about ambition and stuff like that. So you get all that. Um, But they never really kind of, give you that moment that there she leaves her husband or anything like that until the end of the movie when she just shows up. Yeah. She's his wife while he's doing his little, like, uh, the speech he's going to do for Reagan. Yeah. 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 You talk about how he had like multiple wives and they didn't, they didn't have them in there. Yeah. He also tried to do this, uh, franchising before, in real life, before McDonald's, he tried, he approached the Apple pan restaurant in 1949 and then Carl Karcher from Carl's jr. Um, he, a, a couple of years later. So like he's tried to, I think he saw the potential of franchising. Right. So I think that one, but I think maybe, I mean, I guess what they're saying in the movie, maybe the name McDonald's that, is what we, kind of solidified it for him. That's the thing, man. Could be anything. <laughs> you know, Croc is just a Slavic name. It just doesn't work. Croc shit. <laughs> McDonald's. It's hope. <laughs> I mean, so they talk about the deal that he makes with the McDonald brothers. Where you know they they each get a million they basically get a million three five but it becomes a million dollars each yeah um and they get they get that and they get to keep their restaurant right they get to keep their restaurant but they can't use the they McDonald's can't use the name. name and I just it the handshake deal is not in the original proposal like that that was something for the movie in terms of the handshake deal that they wanted one percent of uh. The of 1% of the company. Right. And th- I guess that's something that they, th- people think that the McDonald brothers heirs came up with in order to just like, they just kind of like said that, Oh, they said that, you know, they Take wanted 1%, 1% but yeah. that would have been 1% of the company would have been a hundred million dollars every year. Yeah. They said at the end of the credits. Yeah. Uh, uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, 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 but either way, but let's in the concept of the movie and the handshake deal, why are you accepting that? You wouldn't accept yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. As His soon as reasoning you, is such BS. And I and I almost get the the look on Max's face like he knows it's BS. Yeah. He, he and he's probably harkening back to the ride eat rat conversation that he has with them. He knows it's crap, but it's like, why are you agreeing to that? Like, I just you no. How about just say how about point five percent? Like, if you know that he's gonna take off. Like just yeah. Why? Why? Never do a handshake <laughs> no. agreement. That's ridiculous. No, just so stupid. It's just come on, or film that handshake agreement <laughs> back then. Yeah, yeah. Like come on. <laughs> I I think the movie does a really good job of playing the both sides of Ray Kroc. I think that that's kind of a great scene. I also notice his suits kind of get darker. Oh, he as better. he becomes he gets better yeah he gets better suits but they also become darker colors as he kind of becomes the owner of the founder sure maybe that's to show his kind of him becoming more of a shrewd businessman going to the dark side kind of yeah because <laughs> he always has light suits or just he's just wearing his t-shirt at the beginning with his tie and then he's got tan suits brown suits and this final suit is this dark black suit mm-hmm. he's he's wearing, well that. at the end of the he's wearing a tux he's got his uh Oh, I meant when he's yeah. talking to the McDonald's. At the oh, end of right. The deal, he's wearing a black right, suit. Right, right. Yeah, he's got the tux on when he's doing his Reagan speech. Well, yeah. there's a couple of moments in the in, in terms of filmmaking-wise when he's walking out of the bank after yelling at the guy for calling his his home to say that the asking about a payment for the mortgage, and he's walking out of the bank and he's wa- and it morphs into a morphs cut into him walking towards the Minneapolis McDonald's so we can look at uh, Joan, from, right? You know, creep on her. Uh, <laughs> that's a nice cut. Um, the 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 McDonald's brothers story about how they started is actually really well done and and it's like a, it's, I, it's it's a complete exposition drop dump but it's done in such it's a story They're absolutely tell, yeah, yeah. I was watching it like oh, oh okay <laughs> the the scene when they talk about how they had all the lights out and they were doing it and they had a sw- fly swarming and all and the flies yeah. that was done by uh, taking uh, cocoa krispies and putting them up in a big fan <laughs> and they and the fan was just blowing Blow cocoa all krispies all over everyone which is funny <laughs> which is great but like so that but like the, that whole scene that whole storytelling moment about how they designed the speedy system and how 
they, you know, where they started and where they came from is a really, and it's like 10, 15 minutes. And it's really awesome because it's like, it's really well done. It's, it's a great storytelling technique and you're invested into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you, it gives you a real good background, a real quick, because the, the movie is about Ray Kroc, mm-hmm. but that gives you enough on how hard that the McDonald's brothers worked on this, this place. Oh yeah. That you, that, that helps you feel for the McDonald's brothers as Ray Kroc is screwing them over because you should be rooting for Ray Kroc. And if you didn't have that scene, I don't know if you'd ever feel bad for the McDonald's brothers because they just, you need to know they how, just yeah. always say no, Yeah, but you don't have that background on why they say no. Yeah. You could easily, um, this, and when writing the script, you could easily dismiss the McDonald's brothers role in the movie. Um, you know, and so to Siegel's credit, the writer's credit, he, he didn't, he, you know, he made their major characters, their major players. And I'm, I'm glad because you, you want to know about them. Cause like I said, uh, I said to start off the podcast, I equally feel the same. Ad, I equally feel the same admiration for the McDonald brothers and almost, and also just sadness for what happens to them uh, in terms of how Ray Kroc, you know, does what he does and, and, and moves up. But I, I feel this, I equally feel, admiration for Ray Kroc and his rise he worked hard yeah. to get it. Yeah. So that means that the script did its job. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like that's, so I was, I completely, I, I completely dug all of that. And I, and the seagull talks about how um, the script is a cross between the social network and there will be blood, which absolutely makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and like, cause in the, in the social network, like you feel bad for Zuckerberg at the end of that movie mm-hmm. uh, because he's, he's just sitting there alone. waiting for his, his, the, the girl that he, he liked that spurned him that he, that he started this whole thing to like, to friend him on his own site. And you feel bad for him at the end. I don't feel bad for anybody. You know what I mean? I, you know, in terms of the McDonald's brothers, like, like I, I genuinely leave the founder like with just like, Man, this is, I just like, I, you get the like story inspired. Is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's because the McDonald's brothers put hard work in. They still got a million bucks. Yeah. I they they kind of, they do get screwed over, but it's not like terribly. I guess there's and a great croc succeeds. There's a note that says that, you know, that I read that and take it for what it's worth that it wasn't as bitter of a breakup as they, they make the it out to be it. in the movie. Um, I guess they were happy with, cause they got a big retirement nest egg and they were happy a million dollars back, back then is, you know, obviously a lot now. Yeah. And their, their restaurant was doing very well. And so. like, yeah. And there was a ceremonial, like 50 billionth burger in 1984 that they didn't Dick ate it. Like they had Dick oh, McDonald's really? show up and eat it. So, um, so, but again, you know, I, that might just be, who knows if that note is legit, but you know, so the, you know, it's a movie. <laughs> well, I know exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's important to understand that. And we know this in a biopic that everything you see on screen is not always how it happened. Right. You know, who knows if Sonneborn said, you're not in the burger business, you're in the lamb business. It's a great line, but who knows if, and then maybe that's not, he, maybe he didn't say that. Maybe he was just like, hmm, interesting. We should buy the label was done less. Well, I like that. Like day. apparently like two years later. They had a falling out and yeah, never spoke about and McDonald's again. he talk again. about it again. Yeah. He, won't ever talk, he would never talk about it again. Something He had an argument with Croc about something uh, and then never talk about it again. And I was like, well, what happened? They'll <laughs> never know. They're both dead now. Uh, something must, something must have. But like even because in the end of the credits, they have the stuff. Fred Turner, which I, you, you, which is interesting when he first meets him. He's like, huh, Fred Turner. All right. Fred I'll Turner. You're like, that. all right. Yeah. yeah. But he's the one that sends McDonald's international. Yep. He's the one that it makes that, burger you. Yes. So like, it's just like, you know, he, he also had a huge vision in terms of like what they were going to do. Yep. So I thought that was, you know, interesting as well. It just wasn't Ray Kroc knew. He knew America. He knew what would, what would work in, in America. But Turner was like, you know, we can make this global. Right. I mean, they're just, they're a mainstay. Like they're never going away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But it's funny because their menu now is just full of different things. But That's what I was thinking just burger of, yeah. fries. Yeah. Our biscuits. Go to the, go to the, yeah. go to the biscuit That's place. Yeah. Place you want I know. Chicken. Like they like, guy, people like fried chicken. Well, then they go to the fried chicken place. Well, that's another thing that I really like about the film is how like Ray Kroc and the McDonald's always fight, but Ray Kroc fights for the McDonald's vision. Like yeah. what, the, what Mac and um, Dick made. He's absolutely all for that. No other stuff. Just burgers, just milk. Like, and he keeps that model going and he's, he's really persistent about making sure those burgers are good, making sure that it's well-timed and stuff like that. And everything's cleaned. Do you think that if the McDonald's brothers were lockstep with Ray Kroc, that it would have just been, they would have been like, let's go. And it would have been the three of them. Do but, you think like, you know, or do you think like, cause Ray Kroc never in the movie, in mm-hmm. the movie, Ray Kroc never struck me as somebody like he would take ideas from anybody. So, oh, sure. And all these people had ideas. They were, they were part of the team. 
you know, so like, it's not, you know, I'm wondering like if the McDonald brothers are like, yes, we want to do this powdered milkshake. Let's go. Let's do like, would they just, would it, would have not have been like, you know, they would have all owned the company. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I think absolutely. If they had played ball, it would have been the three of them. I think they'd have, it would have exploded maybe the same, but faster. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, that's the whole point is Ray Kroc wanting to take the next steps and the McDonald's brothers just yeah not either not seeing the vision or seeing the vision and not wanting the vision. Well, they, they created the speedy system, but Ray Kroc right. is right. He is the founder of what McDonald's is today. You know, they may have had the same name McDonald's. I mean, he basically just took the name. I mean, but the, and well, you he know. got the system going, he made no. the rest, but the McDonald's wouldn't grow it. Yeah, the the brothers wouldn't. Yeah, they didn't want to. They tried it before it failed. They and they were they just wanted, afraid. Yeah, they they were afraid, and they were small time, like he says. And you know, they they wanted to make sure that the standards are up to their code. And and you know, but like owning the land makes sure of that it, you know, like exactly, you know yeah, I mean? because make sure that you have them. to follow it. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking when it started, which I'm glad they solved. Because when he goes and throws that burger at the uh the rich guy it's like well that's still a mcdonald's yeah you still got to find a way to make him do what you want mm -hmm. and getting poor people you know to run other mcdonald's well, getting isn't gonna, working people working, yeah. yeah isn't gonna help that guy stop his mcdonald's that's wrong mm -hmm. but by leasing the land you now do that and say now it's mine yeah now you got to stop selling that chicken and biscuits <laughs> but then here's chicken mcnuggets <laughs> uh, well, they probably he probably still bought them out and probably had somebody else. Oh, I'm sure he yeah. had to buy them. Yeah. Uh, the original release date of this was going to be the 25th of November. Uh, yeah, obviously that must have been the Thanksgiving weekend in 2016, and a, a, a Weinstein company moved it to August 6 because they wanted to show that a movie could have Oscar nominations that came out in the summer. That, that's why that's why they moved it to the six. Then they changed their mind and moved it back to December 7th. But I got a note for the Weinstein Company. It's called Sons of the Lambs. That came out in the summer, and that that got Oscar nominations and it got Oscar wins. So I don't know what you're trying to prove, idiots. Uh, but you know, we've already we already know that. Well, we already know that. There's no more Weinstein companies. So no, I get that. You're all right. I get, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just you know, like I we want to show that a movie can win Oscars and go in the summer. We already know this. Yeah. <laughs> it's I think which which also is baffling because this whole idea of movies coming out in Oscar season and the huge promo campaigns that happened for that yeah. started in 98 with Shakespeare in Love, which was put out by Miramax, which is the same people that was wine. See, I, I mean, you're, you're trying to show people something that you already, you created. <laughs> you did this. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I think this movie would have done really well in the summertime. Just because it's McDonald's. I just, but, but here, well, here's my question and I didn't look it up, but, so because it's based on an autobiography, how are you able to use the McDonald's name? How are you able to use it? Because they're such, they're so ingrained in society that it's almost like you can. Well, I was wondering the same thing because it's it, Ray Kroc's not necessarily the bad guy, but he's not seen as the greatest guy in this. Right. And if you look at McDonald's website, which I did afterward, they have a biography on Ray Kroc and it makes him seem like a saint, like literally like he should be, oh, he should be put somewhere. It's like he was, he tried to be an ambulance driver for the Red Cross in 1917 and he got, he was, the war ended, but he had noble intentions. And I was <laughs> oh like, God. Oh my well, God. He wrote that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but McDonald's does have, does, you know, they're okay with people taking like the piss out of them. Look at Supersize Me. They totally allowed him to do all that stuff and gave him the rights for all well, that branding. It's almost like they're too big to fail. They can't, it won't hurt them. Exactly. They yeah. were like, yeah, go ahead, do a documentary that they shouldn't eat at McDonald's five days in a row because they shouldn't. But they will. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they will. Yeah. Or they'll eat here one day a week and yeah. it's still okay because we'll still make a bajon. They must. They, they feed 1% of uh, the world. Can you imagine? I know, right? Any time. Right? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. But I believe it. Absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, again, they're like he, his whole idea of the, in the movie where he's like church, steal a steeple flag, McDonald's, like there's probably, Mc, I mean, I know there's a McDonald's in where I live. Is there a McDonald's in Newtown? I mean, they're just, they're all over the place. Oh yeah. All over the place. So driving down to uh, Florida a few weeks ago, you know, from all the way from Connecticut to Orlando arches are, you constantly see the yeah. arches yeah. and you just know, uh, well, this one of the things is also like, you just know you can get the same meal 
the burger is going to taste you know the same. What the fries yeah, are going to be. Exactly. You know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be open. You know this. You know the milkshake machine is not going to be working. Oh, exactly. Can I get a McFlurry? No, absolutely. It's broken. They're looking into that too. I heard. Like, I, yeah, they're actually an physically investigating. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Go ahead. But there, it's you know it. Ray Kroc's right. You know that that's a safe place. Like that's a it's place family. you can go. Yeah, for families. You know, like no matter what, there's a McDonald's there you can go to. Yeah, yeah, and and you know. I, and listen, I don't eat at McDonald's because I don't, I don't eat meat. I mean, I'll have the fries and stuff like that or the, or like the Coke every once in a while if I don't. McDonald's yeah. Coke. But still, yeah, no, we can get into all like why that Coke's good. Because <laughs> it's in silver. Can- oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> but, well, because they store it in metal pouch. They store it in metal uh, uh, containers. Yeah. yeah they, Coca-Cola and McDonald's have a longstanding French relationship and they actually mention it in the movie. Yeah. The McDonald's brothers didn't want to go for it. Yeah. Which is, yeah. And uh, it just seems like capitalism. Yeah. You own a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, so because that McDonald's and Coca-Cola's relationship was so strong in the beginning, because it's almost like that was Coke's like biggest thing. Like that was like that put them where oh, they yeah. were. That they get, they, McDonald's gets Coca-Cola in metal containers not like when you get plastic bibs at the theater or wherever you're going they're in plastic bibs mcdonald's is the only place i think that gets it the way they get it which is in metal containers so that's why the coke tastes differently also because the straw is a little bigger but um that's why the coke tastes different at mcdonald's than anywhere else is because that's legit why because coke gives them the good stuff so there you go so then now you know to slurm straight from the queen also stop drinking pepsi but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so uh, it's I, I it's, the movie is a it's a great story it's it's done very well um you know I'm curious I mean we could talk about why we think it's forgotten uh because to be honest with you uh, I don't get why more people haven't seen this film and to, uh, and maybe now they have because it's been out on DVD and video and and I know streaming. it was on Netflix for a long time yeah no I, maybe now, now people have, I had to watch have it. discovered <laughs> it yes but like back then like the box office take is is it's too low for me I don't understand why it's not bigger because it disappeared this is a movie that needed word this is a movie that needed word of mouth and it only lasted like in our theater for like a week or two. And I wasn't, I, I had wanted to see it and I wasn't able to because it disappeared. And I think that, you know, by the time somebody goes, oh, the founder, you should check it out. It's really good. Well, I can't find any showtimes at my local theater because it's gone. Already. Well, here's the thing too. Well, you know what? I, I should have answered my own question because I talked about it in the beginning. It's limited release date was one theater in LA. So it didn't really come out until January anywhere else. Right. It wasn't like it was a holiday movie. It wasn't like it was in a limit like New York and LA or like, cause when New York and LA, we usually get that. It wasn't like it was on a thousand screens or 500 screens. It was nowhere. Literally on one screen. Yeah. And they, so like maybe the Weinstein company completely screwed them over with their stupid change of the release date. I don't want to watch a McDonald's movie. No one's going to watch I mean, this. no one watches movies in January. They don't. No movies in January yeah. ever become hugely successful. They just don't. Look what I just told you about the movies. I mean, granted, <laughs> Split, I did like so split was good but like i don't even well, know how much split was a Shyamalan movie coming off of all his failures split was the thing that kind of put him back right right so i mean he, i don't think anybody knew if that was gonna do well or not oh wow never mind Stri- strike what i just said because mm. split opened with 40 million dollars that weekend it opened with 40 million 40 wow. million yeah so split opened to three thousand theaters and it did 40 million opening weekend um it did 138 domestic Hit 278 worldwide. Wow. You want to tell me Shaman can't make a movie? The founder. Oh, see, here's the thing. The, okay, so I told you Split opened up wide. It, it came out three theaters, 3,000 right. theaters. Founder comes out in uh, 1,100 theaters. A third of those, yeah. those theaters. And how many got pulled the second week? Yeah, I know. I, it just, eh, well, you know what? I, can, I think I can find that out. Okay, because it just seemed like it just came and went at our theater. And that's a movie that needs word of mouth. Yeah. I can find that out. It's not a horror movie. It's not an action movie. You know, it it needs people to go, hey, this movie's good. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So it's opening weekend. It was in 1,100 theaters. Second weekend, same. It it held, but it had 23% drop. Third week, which was February 3rd, it went down to 930. So, and then, and then the fourth week, it went down to, they cut that in half, went down to 450 theaters. So. I just, I, I just don't, I think they screwed up. I think they screwed up putting it out in January, putting it super limited, which is just one theater just to get the Oscar buzz going. I think they screwed it up. August. That was their original plan was great. So the original plan, what did I say? It was the 25th was the, was the 25th, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So that would have been, that would have put it up against, let's see what it would have put up against. Cause it didn't say they moved because they were scared of what was that. They said they moved because, um, they, they, they wanted to prove something. So the 25th is actually the Friday after Thanksgiving. Cause the 23rd is the, no, I'm sorry. The 25th is, yeah, the 23rd is the Thursday is the Wednesday. Excuse me. So the 23rd, you had Moana allied, which is the Brad Pitt film, bad Santa two. And rules don't apply, which is the um, Warren Beatty movie, or he directed it, or he's in it. I don't know. Um, and then the twenty fifth, you had nothing because that nothing comes out of the, you had stuff that is like low low stuff, like limited stuff, right? So I don't, so I don't know why. I mean, I get twenty thirds; it is packed. I mean, but some of those might have moved into there when when the founder moved out. But those are those. That's a pretty strong weekend. But like, I just put it in August. Or put in the fir- first week of December, you had Incarnate and Believe, and that's it. So why not put it in the first week of December? I just, it just, they really just kind of, well, you had the, you had Jackie, but that was a limited release. It just feels like they didn't really do this movie right. That's all. Like in terms of, they didn't Promoting do, me, they didn't, do right, they didn't right. do right by this movie. That's right what I meant to movie. say. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't do right by this film. And I just, everyone I talk to likes this film. Everyone I talk to, you get super inspired by this film. It's an inspiring film. Right. It's a film about business. It's a film about McDonald's and everybody loves McDonald's. Well, everyone everybody yeah. knows McDonald's. It's something that people like most people, you know, you do, Oh, it's a biography about this guy or it's a, it's a history of this. People are like, eh, it's a history of McDonald's. It hi- isn't like somewhat curious about that. Right. It's almost like the modern, it's a modern day American dream kind of thing. Exactly. You know, the, you know, I, you might not, you, maybe you don't eat at McDonald's or maybe you don't like McDonald's in terms of their food or their quality. Or maybe but you know McDonald's. But yeah, maybe the McDonald's near you is not well run, whatever. But it, it's what they became is pretty significant in terms of, of understanding and, you know, it's, and, and, you know. He's, and he's, when he talks about it at the end where he's just like, you know, McDonald's can be anything. You know, you have these things like Burger Barn and Burger This and Burger That. Nobody, oh, the actual Ray Kroc thing, yeah, yeah. Like nobody, nobody cares. Like, but when McDonald's, like it's 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 a symbol, and he's absolutely right about that. Yeah, and it's just like you know, like wh- like people that like we're in like you know our, the the podcast network and anything that people are trying to do their startup and that whole conversation of like you're not in the burger business, you're in the lamb business. Like the, like what really is your business that you're doing? What are you in? You need to right. you need to. Look at what you, what makes you money? What brings in the money? McDonald's is not a gimmicky name. It's not. No. So yeah, uh, it's just, it's a really good film. I really like it and I will always recommend it to people. And the fact that it's only 115 minutes is nice. Even though Butler does, that wouldn't like a Coen Brothers film. I still would, even though I like John Lee Hancock's, John Lee Hancock's direction in this. Um, I like that he's efficient. I love all that. Um, I, I just also like the Coen Brothers, but that's just me. But I, um, I also like the fact that, Michael Keaton bought two ice cream trucks for the oh, uh, yeah. cast and crew because he saw they were all tired after one hard day of work. Well, he, that's just a really nice guy thing to do. Well, he's a. He, I like to point I, out nice guy things. I've never heard that he was not a nice guy. No, he seems like an awesome guy. He watched Glengarry Glenn Ross. He watched Michael Douglas in Wall Street, DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street, and Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire to prepare for this character. Does that make uh, that? I don't think he needs the Wolf of Wall Street thing, but all right. Not DiCaprio. Yeah, same thing. Building something out of nothing. Yeah, but that movie's ridiculous. The movie's awesome. Because it's just ridiculous. Uh, movie's awesome. It's okay. <sighs> it's good. I just think people think it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think. I think. I you, think it's mostly just them hanging out, which no, is funny. But no, stop. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about the founder, right, Mike? Where, where can they find us? You can find us at forgottenentertainment.com or forgottencinemapodcast.com. We are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, so check out our family of podcasts. It's almost <laughs> like we're franchising out podcasts. Yeah. You're not in the podcast business. <laughs> uh, we're in the microphone business. <laughs> it's not the microphones. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to uh, like, rate, subscribe, put a review in there. Any of that good stuff helps our uh, helps our podcast grow. So help us out and spread the word about Forgotten Podcast. Forgotten Forgotten Podcast. Don't start changing the name. At Forgotten Cinema, spread the word. Yes, indeed. And enjoy us next week. Enjoy us and see us. In- nope. It's spreading. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Indeed. Right. So we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about the 2003 film, The Recruit, starring Al Pacino and Colin Farrell. Uh, that is a Butler special. So we'll see. And then I'm out of spy movies.
Thank God. We're doing the recruit next week. Yeah. So that'll be next week's episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Sounds Go watch like The Founder are, if you haven't seen it. Sounds like you hate The Recruit. <laughs> not a, I wasn't a fan when it came out. So, uh, But to be fair, I have been going back to it. So, you know. You'll hate it. Ah, and the, and, the, no! and I forgot to turn the furnace <laughs> off and it comes on at the end, which means it's time for us to go. That furnace sound means it's time for the mics <laughs> to get out of here. I'm Mike Fu. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Furnace Edition. <laughs> <laughs>